Well, God bless everyone this evening. I see a few of you on there on our chat already, and you can have some comments there. We already have our questions for this evening. In fact, that's what we're going to do. We have some questions that have been submitted. We're going to answer those questions. I'm so glad to have Pastor Bob Stalcott with us from Hawaii. Good to have you, Brother Bob. Brother Jason with us this evening. Good to be here. Amen. Got Brother Josh in there running our technology, keeping us, keeping us straight. You know, sound guys and tech guys only notice only you only notice them when something goes wrong. And so, thank you, Josh. And we have Brother Tim Stalkop in there, and so he's going to be our prayer warrior this evening. But I appreciate you joining us. Why don't you reach out to someone and ask them to join you? Reach out to a friend. We're going to answer some of these questions. And I thought about this verse as we begin here. Psalm one nineteen one thirty says, "The entrance of your words." give light. It gives understanding to the simple. And that's what we want to do this evening. We want to get light from the Word of God. And I'm also reminded of this verse in Colossians. It says that in Jesus is all the, all the wisdom of, the, of God is found in Jesus. And I'm paraphrasing. But uh, we find wisdom in the Scripture, don't we? Yes. We find wisdom for life. We find wisdom, you know, when we open the Word of God, we find what He wants for our life, how to be saved, how to worship, what's acceptable to Him, what we will experience in a fallen world, what happens after this life, you know. And so the Word gives us insight. And so this evening, right. I want to just open in just a prayer of worship, real quick, and then Brother Jason's going to go over some prayer requests that that we have. And if you have any prayer requests, you can post those. In the in the chat there, and we'll we'll grab those real quick. In fact, what we'll do is we'll watch. And Jason, if you would uh, kind of, if any, if there's a few prayer needs, we'll pray at the end, and you'll need to remind me okay. to do that. But let's pray, Father. We just come into your wonderful presence this yes, evening. We Jesus. thank you for for Brother Bob and Brother Jason, and we thank you for this privilege of being able to answer the questions that have been submitted. Lord, we we, we ask for your wisdom. We ask for your understanding. Yes, Lord. Lord, you know exactly what your people need this evening. We pray that our that our answers would be wise and thoughtful and, and adequate and helpful to the people of the Lord. And so, Lord, I ask that your anointing would rest upon this time. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our congregation. And Lord, almost uh, almost a re-envisioning of our future. Lord, a restarting of those promises that have been long given to our people, those prophecies that have gone forth. And right now, Lord, you're, you're helping us to envision that. And we believe, Father, that we have a wonderful future ahead of us, many souls being saved. Establish a powerful work, a powerful New Testament work built upon the truth of your Thank word. You. And so, Father, yes, just bless our congregation, Lord, and uh, continue to, to be with us. We, we trust you. You're our, you're our help and you're our strength, and we thank you for that this evening. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen and amen. All right. Brother Jason, what's our prayer request tonight? Well, we have uh, quite a few, and um, I'll just uh, name them off here real quick, and then we'll pray kind of as one group. Um, you know, I just want to, right off the bat, just encourage you guys to come to our Tuesday morning and Tuesday night prayer mm-hmm. uh, times. Um, you know, it's like last night we had it, and it was just a great time. We welcome the Holy Spirit there. We welcome yeah. God moving in the way that He desires to move, and we want to know Him more in those times. And 
Last night was a good time of a little bit of prayer and a lot of talking that turned into a lot of edification within us, a lot of uh, building up of each other through testimony and what the Word says and just growing in the confidence uh, that we find in the truth of the Word. And so I would encourage you guys, take a Take a once a month challenge and come out to prayer on a Tuesday morning or a Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday mornings are ten thirty, and then Tuesday nights are six thirty to seven. Ten o'clock. Oh, ten o'clock. Ten yeah, o'clock. It's, a, it's really our morning. seniors' prayer meeting. We have our seniors' yeah. group show up. Yeah, and it's a great time. It's it's uh, it's so worth going. I keep saying that, but it's so worth going to yeah. to be there and spend that time. But um, our prayer request tonight, Mrs. Um, Stella's family, we want to pray for them. She just passed away from uh, cancer. Uh, we want to lift up uh, Joe Cowan and David Cowan, just that God would continue to heal and restore Amen. and strengthen them um, in every way that they can. That he can. Um, we're going to pray for Brother Harold Burroughs. Uh, he has currently has cancer. That's Patricia Anderson's brother. We're going to lift him up. And uh, prayer request tonight for a young lady named Angie who had a, a fainting spell today. And um, is go- is in the hospital uh, doing some tests on her, and we're going to pray also over our uh, building project tonight. So let's just take these before the Lord. Hallelujah! And if yes. you have a prayer request, go ahead and, and post it on whatever whatever social media site you're on, and we'll, we've got a screen here we could see it, and we'll pray for you probably towards the end. We'll group those together. So, mm. Father, we um, we welcome oh, you we tonight. We welcome you into this time that we have, Lord, and we want to take just a few minutes, Lord, to lift up these prayer needs and make oh, them known God. to you, Father. Lord, prayers. you see all things, for Lord, and you desire for us to, to talk with you and to pray to you and to ask you uh, for the things that we need in our lives, Father. And uh, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace uh, that's been shown towards us through your son Jesus coming for us and dying for us and living for us. Mm-hmm. And Lord, so we lift up um, Sister Estella's family right now, Father, and I just I just pray that you would just give them peace during this time, Lord. Your word says, Father, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And so, Lord, we're grateful for that word. We're grateful that uh, there is no more pain, there is no more sickness, there is no more disease in your presence, Father. And so I just ask for peace for that family. Lord, I ask that you provide every need that they may have for uh, any funeral costs or anything. Lord, I thank you that you would just provide what they need, Father. And Lord, we lift up uh, Joe and David Cowan. Father, I thank you for for healing Miss Joe. I thank you, Lord, that she can be declared free from this uh, cancer. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that you're continuing to restore her body, Lord. I thank you that you're continuing to strengthen her, Lord. And I thank you that that every test that's done, every blood work that's done, Lord, she'll continue to see strengthening numbers, better numbers, better counts, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray that your hand would be upon Brother David. Strengthen his body, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Give him give him uh, just a renewed spirit right now, Lord, if he's, if he's down or if he's, uh, Lord, dealing with anything. Father, I just pray you just let let his eyes be set upon you, Lord. Let his hope be found in you, Lord, and bring joy into their home. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we lift up yes. Brother Harold Burroughs, Lord, and we just declare by the stripes that Jesus took that he is healed from this cancer, Lord. I pray that you would set him free, Father. I pray that you would deliver him, Lord. I pray that you would cleanse his blood, Lord, that you would uh, just let your hands be upon him this night, Father. Give him strength in his body. Give him give him peace in his soul, Lord. And I just pray that you would just give him, uh, just let him, let him feel your presence tonight, Father, and give him hope that's found in your name, Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord. And we pray for this sister Angie, who's had this 
this fainting spell today, Lord. I pray that you would uh, heal her, Lord. I pray that you would give the doctors and the nurses wisdom, Father, and that you would give them direction, Lord, and that you would let uh, there just be precision in, in figuring out what's going on with her, Lord. But I, in the midst of all that, I pray that you heal her, Father, yeah. that you strengthen her, that you give her hope and that you give her peace. In Jesus' mighty name, and Father, we lift up our building project. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Father, that you have provided so abundantly for us in this project, Lord, that your timing has been perfect, Lord. It might not be what we wanted right in the moment, Lord, but your timing is perfect. Is and perfect. in every yes. move, yes. in every every stage, in every step, in every process in this, your timing is perfect, Lord. And we thank you that you're going to keep providing our needs, Father. And I thank you that you would uh, put the gifts into people's hands that are willing to give, Lord, into this project, Lord. Even from the outside sources that have given, Lord, I thank you that there's going to be more, Father. And it's going to be a supernatural thing, Lord, that that. Nobody could say that that I did it or they did it or he did yes. it or she did it. But if we're going to say God did it yes. because you are our provider. And we thank you, Lord, for those who have uh, giving hearts. And Lord, bless the project. Bless our um, our contractor, Brother Lonnie, with health in his body. Bless him with strength and wisdom. Amen. Give him eyes to see, Father, and ears Amen. to hear everything that he needs to see and hear so that this project uh, just goes off without a hitch, Father. Just bless him. In Amen. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 And I want to pray for one more. I think if you didn't, the Davenports, did I ask you to pray? I missed that one. Okay. This, uh, we'll pray for this real quick, and we'll get started here with the questions. Uh, my neighbor next door, there's very sweet Anglican people, Church of England, I guess, uh, but they love Jesus with all their hearts. And uh, so I just uh, stood on the sidewalk with her a minute ago, and they have a friend that they had a son. He's like 30 or so. He had... Um, uh, he, he had a seizure and passed away. Mm-hmm. And they said, she's just, uh, she actually said, she said, I was going to call and knock on your door. She, they know I'm a minister. She, they were that upset. They wanted someone to pray. So, Father, we lift up the Davenport yes. family. Oh, Lord. Lord, we don't know them, oh, yes. but Lord, you know them, and their hearts are absolutely aware, broken. You're the God of all comfort. And so, Lord, I pray for supernatural comfort. They need it. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks. All right, well, we're going to jump into some of these questions. We have a, a number of these. We have uh, some of these questions are, I would call them almost ministry questions, you know, where you can really minister. And other than uh, some of these questions are speculative questions, which are not my favorite questions because, you know, this, who knows? But we'll give, we'll give some ideas. I actually have a little bit of advantage over you guys because I got these earlier today, and so I was able to get some quotes and different stuff and so but uh but i believe this will be a, a good edifying time for us the, there's actually we're going to do the first two questions kind of back to back um uh one the first question is this and this will be on the screen brother josh here we go uh and i, I like this question because it, it leads us into a time of encouragement and ministry do you think it's common for christians to go through seasons of doubt do you think it's common for Christians to go through, we know we know we all go through doubts. Is it common for Christians to go through seasons of doubt? Who who wants to take that? Uh, yeah, I, I would just jump on this one. This was, um, I would probably say that yeah, it would be common to go through seasons of doubt, and I think that it helps us to remember uh, that we need to look into our Word. We need to look and we need to pray. 
uh, during those seasons of doubt. And we need to trust that what the Word says is true. It's like we, we've talked a lot in prayer yep. about trusting that the Word is true, believing that the Word is true. So when we encounter doubt or unbelief, I think we even referenced this a little bit last mm-hmm. night, that we can run to this to the Word and trust that what it says is true. But uh, I think that, uh, I, th- I would say it would be common for some Christians. I mean, I think people in general go through seasons of doubt. Yeah. Um, but in in that same way, we need to remember who God is, so it would help us yeah. not to be so uh, influenced by those quick thoughts of doubt. We can always yeah. switch to the Word and what it says. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, the Bob, what do you? What do you what, how do you? How would you answer that? Do you think it's common for Christians to go through seasons of doubt? I think so. When I as soon as the word doubt was brought up, the first thought that came to mind was Thomas. Yeah. Dalton Thomas. Everybody has heard sometime or another about Dalton Thomas. So, yeah. of course, he had to see before he believed. And I think some people go through so much hurt. <clears throat> yeah. And they pray and they pray. And pretty soon they begin to doubt, Lord, uh, what's happening here? Yeah. You know, uh, am I doing something wrong? So now you start doubting more. Maybe not God, but self. You start thinking, Lord, I know you're real. But is it me, Lord? Mm. Uh, is there something wrong? And so you start doubting yourself, which takes you a little further away from, as you brought up, the, the, the word. word. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I've just put some thoughts down here, and I, I concur exactly. I think absolutely yes. Absolutely. Jesus said this, in this world you will go through tribulation. Mm-hmm. You know, the word tribulation, of course, is the ellipsis. It means like a paperweight, heavy paperweight. It's yeah. pressure. And... Jesus said this, in this world you will have tribulation, but be good cheer, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what I think about this question is when I, when I look at the scriptures and I look at the way the scriptures are worded and all the metaphors, you know, we're in a battle, you know, and it is a faith battle. In fact, 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. faith. So... Are we going to have struggle with that? Yeah, we're in a fight, brother. Mm-hmm. We're, in a, we're in a fight yeah. of faith and to, in, in, a, in, a, in a skeptical world. And then, as you said, even our own carnal human mind begins to take over at times. You know, for instance, like Abraham, you know, there, he's 100, Sarah's 90, and you're mm-hmm. going to have a child. Well, if you let your natural carnal thinking, mm-hmm. how's that going to happen? That that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not even rational, really, in a, in a natural world, but we don't serve a natural God. We serve a supernatural God. Right. And so I thought about this fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a battle to stay up in faith. You know, if, if, uh, if you neglect the, the, the book that gives us faith, we will, we will be like a flat tire. I mean, we'll mm. be a flat tire in faith, yeah. and we'll start doubting and this and that. So therefore... I think in our skeptical world, we've got to continually fill, 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 fill our lives with with the Word of God, and then Absolutely. we think of the, the 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 warfare metaphors of putting on the armor, the shield of faith. There again, these metaphors of a battle, and then, uh, but really, the first thing that came to my mind was in Genesis three. What's the first thing Satan did to Eve? Has God out. said? I mean, we don't get we don't get three mm-hmm. chapters in, and the devil is infusing and implanting doubt in God's people. It's the same thing today. Now think about the think about you know just in our whole building process, 
you know, here. You know, it's, it takes faith to do what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we don't have all the money we need right now, but we're going to have it mm-hmm. because the Lord's told us to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've already seen some miracles along the way. Mm-hmm. We've seen some blessing and some finance come in that were just out of, I can't say left field, but it was just unexpected. Yeah. So, but I, I just think of the, of the sense of the enemy putting doubt there. And think about, you know, once again, Ephesians, the shield of faith. What, what can it do? It can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. What are those fiery darts? Uh, doubt your salvation, doubt the love of God, doubt your doubt the healing promises, mm-hmm. doubt the supply. I mean, those darts are just darts of doubt that that attack God. They attack His Word. They will even attack you. Mm-hmm. in In the sense, in the sense that, let's say, for instance, um, some past sin that you've already repented. I mean, maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you've already repented. Yes. You've, 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 you've asked God to forgive you. You put it into the blood, and you, you, you moved on. The enemy will bring that back up. He'll start condemning you. Mm-hmm. I mean, these darts, I mean, it's like you've seen those old, like those, those movies that William Wallace and those, you know, they're shooting those fiery darts, and they're, you know, and all those flaming, you know, arrows are just do 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 feels like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to fight Doubt. You're gonna to have to, to uh, like you know, the Hall of Faith. You know, all those people had to fight doubt. You know, I mean, just I mean, we could go yes. on and on and on with That's this. Right. Um, I know this that we are warned in Scripture over and over again about unbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, unbelief is a really the Bible calls it in Hebrews three twelve. In fact, I'll just read that. So I won't misquote it, but Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 12, listen to how the writer of Hebrews, now he, what he's talking about here is the children of Israel coming into the promised land under Moses. And what happened? The ten spies go in, they come back, the ten spies bring up an evil report. It just literally spreads like wildfire. And then the people are in their tents crying, and they're saying, you know, we can't do it, and God brought us out here to kill us. And what happened is it destroyed their future. Mm-hmm. You know, faith gives us a future. Yeah. Unbelief destroys our future. Mm-hmm. And here's what it says in Hebrews 3.12. He says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. So the, indica- the, the, uh, the inference is that, that unbelief leads to disobedience. Faith leads to obedience. And so I, I just see that, yeah, we're all going to face this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Pastor Bob, through all the 40, 50 years of ministry, I mean, I'm sure that, that there's times, there's some battles that you've been through. Definitely. And I think we all go through battles. And yeah. the thing that's kept all of us going is we keep on looking up. We don't look down. Yes. That's right. You know, and I, I think that there's your defeat when you start looking down and poor me or woe is me. And, you know, yeah. and God wants us to always look up, look up to him, trust yeah. him, lead yeah. to guide and direct us. Yes. And he surrounds us as we get together this evening. There's a, the Bible says there's wisdom 
in a yeah. multitude of counselors. I think if we uh, find ourselves fellowshipping with people that are in the Word, in mm-hmm. the faith, and with God. Ooh, good word. Yes. You know, and yeah. we find that we start getting, they, they, God uses them to strengthen us yes. in times of weakness. And so I appreciate what God is doing in yeah. every one of our lives. Yeah. They so, say that the iron sharpens iron. There you go. You know. Yeah. So, so the family of God's necessary then. Yeah, absolutely, yes. yeah. absolutely. And so, I tell so you, you don't, we don't need to stay on and watch YouTube on Sunday morning oh. in our pajamas and bed here. Oh, you <laughs> we know, got to get to the house of God, right? <laughs> Hebrews ten twenty five speaks well. I tell you, that's what I have open oh, right here. All right, all right. <laughs> and that's that's what I was going to read because you made mention that that one of the antidotes to doubt is when you get around faith people, yes. it pulls you up. Yes. yes. You know, I can't tell you the times that I have, even as a minister, you come in the house of God, you feel the weight of ministry, you feel the weight, you feel the heaviness, you're warfaring against yes. the enemy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we gather with God's people and you feel the, the tide, the tide of the Spirit just rise up yeah. and, and you rise with it. And I'm just telling you, in these days, we have to make a turn. I know we've been through COVID. We have to make that turn where everybody gets back. We had some uh, folks that hadn't been there in a while this Sunday, this past Sunday. And the, man, I saw them. I was so happy. I hugged yeah. their neck. And the, the dear young lady said, hey, you, we, you, you're going to see us often now. We're, we're, we're back. God. That's good. God. But here it says, uh, let us consider one another, how to stir one another to good works, yes. not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the man of some, some is, but notice this, but exhorting, encouraging one another, one another yes. so much more as you see that day approaching. Yeah. So we need encourage. We need more encouragement than we do any kind of correction or criticism. We all need encouragement. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can Definitely. go. I can go a week or two on an encouraging word. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I think ministers. I shouldn't say this, but I think sometimes we have our game face on. You mm-hmm. know, and yeah. you know, we we smile pretty and look good, and our hair is parted just right. You know, but deep inside, many times we're hurting. Yeah, and it takes just somebody to come by, and just say. Kind word. Yeah. Pastor, I enjoyed that message. Yeah. I mean, we know whether it's from here or it's from here when people give that compliment. And when we know it's coming from here, that is a word of just builds us up. Yeah. And we feel so good, you know. And yes. Lord, one more round. One more round. That's one right. more day. Yeah. One more day, you know. Yeah. That's right. And that's all it takes for somebody. It's almost like I'm an like, Aaron and her holding Moses' hands yeah. up. Yeah. I agree with that. So, yeah, I think that doubt is something we need to learn to deal with. We need to learn to overcome. We need to learn to, to, when those doubts come, we need to learn to fight against them. Mm-hmm. Don't just, just because you have a doubt doesn't, doesn't mean you need to accept it. We have to learn to resist doubt, yes. resist the enemy. And we resist the enemy through the word, through, uh, you know, our words, you know, mm-hmm. you know the command of faith, mm-hmm. you know, and, and quoting the promises. You know, Jesus overcame Satan by quoting the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He quoted Deuteronomy, he quoted Psalms. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, doubt is something that we, we definitely need to, need to approach. And Christians, I would say this, you know, if, you, if you're going through a season of doubt, I would say it's not an abnormal thing. Don't think that you're alone, that, oh, I'm the only one that has doubts. No, no, everyone has those doubts. And what did, you, what did Satan say to Jesus? If you are the Son of God. See, he's yeah, right. there again, yeah, doubt, yeah. doubt, doubt, doubt. Trying to create um, doubt, yes. Well, I would say one more thing before we move to the second question, which is kind of a, a second part to this question. It kind of goes with this. But uh, what I would say is the more we know God, 
You know, Psalm 910 says, they that know your name shall put their trust in you. The more we know the character of God, the more we know his, his word, his nature. His nature never changes. You know, in our world, just constantly, it's like breakneck speed changing. You, know, you can yeah. buy a computer, and in six months, it's, you know, it's, you know, three, they've got three steps past it. God never changes. His word never changes. His nature and character never changes. And so they that know your name, his name meaning the, the character of God, yes. will put their trust in you. The yes. more we know someone... You know, the more we know someone, the more we can trust them, yeah. the more we know their character. Yeah. And our God is a faithful God. He never changes. And so in seasons of doubt, run to Him. Mm-hmm. Run to Him. Yeah. So here's the second question, and it kind of goes with the first one. Uh, why, do you think, why do you think so many Christians today do not live in victory? So this is kind of a second part, a kind of an add-on to this one here. Uh, why do you think many Christians don't live in victory? Anybody want to take a shot at that? I have a few thoughts here, but... Uh, I would I would uh, say that there's a couple things that kind of cross my heart um, why Christians don't live in victory. I think they don't really truly know the finished work of the cross and what mm-hmm. it means. Good word, yes. Uh, I think that uh, in some cases we give in to that doubt and that unbelief and uh we we tend to say well you know i I think we talked a little bit about it last night at prayer was like oh well god's in control of this i guess this is meant to teach me a lesson or something it's like you kind of give into it and it's like instead of saying you know what we we just kind of ties into before looking at the truth of what the word says and how what the word declares about something um you know as far as like to say victory would be like battling depression or something like that uh, or anxiety or fear my my mind always my heart always goes back to the what the word says about being afraid of certain situations and certain things that you know god has not given me a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind and not just remember that scripture but declare that scripture over that situation you know you know if it's lord i'm not going to make this car payment but you're Word says that you haven't given me a spirit of fear about this, but a yeah. power, love, and a sound mind. So I pray that you work in this situation, and, and, and I have faith that you're going to work this car payment out or whatever yeah. the situation. But, um, you know, I think for me, declaring the truth of the Word was such a powerful thing in my life in a lot of areas um, when it comes to, I guess you could tie that into living in victory over different circumstances, whether it's dealing with an addiction or dealing with, uh, anxiety and fear or whatever the case may be uh, I think it's really knowing like you said God's character that he doesn't mm. change that he is a good God that he loves us yes. and then knowing who we are because of what Jesus did yes. and it, it enables us to when we really know that to live in victory and live from a place of his victory right. that we partake in what would you say Several thoughts come to mind. First of all, we all know already, Satan hates us, well, hates God, but he can't fight with God. He's already beaten, so he picks on God's children. And so, as children of God, we find ourselves wanting victory in our lives because of whom we serve. But I'm I'm reminded of the children of Israel. They could have easily walked into Canaan land, and it would have been great for them, but they started belly aching and complaining right. and they kept on looking back and I think this is why many Christians be, you know, begin to weaken up a little there's not that victory they want because sometimes it, Satan gets to them yeah. starts creating doubt and they start looking back like Lot's wife 
I'm going to leave all that for this? You've just lost the victory. Yeah. See, God has more things planned for us, in store for us, rather than just the uh, fancy steak dinners and lobster dinners and whatever, you know. Yeah. Sometimes he's got pork and beans and rice for us, and it'll, it'll yeah. well, that's what we use, say, in the yes. islands. But, uh, yes. that, you know, so I, I think if we, you know, the old saying, I'm not going down without a fight. we got to keep that, knowing that there'll be times that we may not feel well physically, emotionally. Uh, you know, we get broken up and precious loved one passes on, but there's that victory because, again, as we mentioned earlier, we're looking to the upper taker, not the undertaker. Amen. So right. there's that victory knowing today, Lord, today. Yes. And I, I'm sure we've all shared this sometime or another that every day we should be living at least in somewhat, some kind of a victory, Amen. knowing that we could either die today, and I'm, I hope it's not going too far astray, but I'm amazed at how so many Christians are afraid to die. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's our figure of speech, our ticket out. Yes. Man, there's no more misery, no more sickness, no more tears, no more Also, pain. the die's gain. Yeah. And so he had a different view of death, didn't he? Oh yeah. Many modern Christians are terrified of death. Paul said, "I'm looking forward to it." Oh yeah, yeah. And Paul was, if you want to talk doubt, uh, if anyone, Paul should have been one to doubt. But here he was. Yeah. Uh, he knew he was going to be dying, but he wasn't ready to die. He was going right. to stick to it. And going back to discouragement and other things we had brought up a little earlier, he just kept busy, you know, uh, writing even yeah. in that stinky old dungeon. And God sent forth one who would, you know, encourage him, going back to the word encouragement, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And that was Onesiphorus, came by and just encouraged Amen. Paul. The Bible speaks about how Paul wanted uh, Timothy to remember the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed, refreshed. me. Yes. And I, I'm saying, sometimes that victory is there, but boy, you just need a little push. Come on, you can yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... This thought of Christians living in victory, I think, in uh, Pastor Bob, I think you've probably seen this in the many years of ministry. You have people that get saved by grace through faith, and then, then they try to sanctify themselves through, hard, through works, through their own self-effort. And the Christian life, you know, you're a mechanic, and the cars are designed a certain way. So... Would it be better just to put the key in and crank it or to go and buy a $30,000 car and then push it out of the parking lot? <laughs> Definitely easier to use a key. Exactly, because it has an engine in it. Well, see, right. the Lord has designed the Christian life Yes, that we can walk in victory. Okay, And one of the things is Christians, modern Christians, do not understand the power of the cross of Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the power that is in the gospel. It says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation, sozo, deliverance, uh, preservation, well-being is kind of the connotation there. But salvation is a deliverance. And there's power in this gospel. Mm -hmm. And there's no sin, there's no bondage that's more powerful than the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And when someone is genuinely born again, there is a deliverance that takes place. Yes. The power of the sinful nature is broken over the person. I'd like to read in Romans, which is the greatest thesis on salvation the world has ever seen. Uh, just a few verses here. Uh, Romans, uh, Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Now notice that. Mm -hmm. Sin shall not have dominion over Why? Because you're not under the law. 
You're not under the self-effort. The law is perfect. Of course, the law is perfect, just and holy, Romans 7 says. Mm -hmm. But yet, the law, the deficiency of the law is that it commanded that it, the, there was a command with no power, no internal power to, to obey it. Mm -hmm. So man was constantly falling short. But it says here, but you're under grace. Grace is the empowering presence of God to live for God. Uh, back up to verse 12 here, it says, therefore do not let, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Now there's a battle there. Mm -hmm. Okay, It says that you should obey its lust. Now, a lost person is enslaved to their sinfulness. Uh, just to, this coming to my mind, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, is it 5? No, 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 2. Ephesians 2 says, and I'm going I'm to go back to chapter 6 in a moment, but Ephesians 2, 1, you have been made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, notice this. Here, here is the, uh, it says, which once you walked according to the course of the world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Look at verse 3. Now this describes a lost person. Among whom we were once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. So that, verse 3 there, it's describing a lost person. They're enslaved to their sinful nature. They're, they're fulfilling those desires because they have no power to resist. Mm -hmm. Okay, but look at but in in Ephesians, I'm sorry, Romans six, it says don't let don't let it rule. Then look at verse thirteen. This is Romans six thirteen. Do not do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. Now, in and I'll just quote this because I won't want to get bogged down here on this, but it says in this chapter, reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin. Mm -hmm. Now, the word reckon there is it's actually an accounting term. And so basically, if I could describe it, it's like this. It's like you have an accounting sheet, and you have all the numbers. You have all the debits, and you have all the, you know, the, the deposits, and you have everything. And then you calculate everything up, and you come to the bottom, and you find the real total. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and really, that's the reckoning. That's the real deal. That's the real answer right there. And, and what Paul is saying in reckoning is... We, we, we reckon these things as real. We reckon these as fact. We died with Jesus on the cross. When he died there, we died with him yes. there. When he was buried, our old man was buried yes. with him. When, we, when he was raised, we were raised. And in, in, in uh, what is it, 8 and 4 of Romans, it says, or maybe 6 and 4, it says that, you know, we raised to new life. We have been raised up to brand new life. And so as far as victory goes, Every Christian can have victory, but victory is not through self-effort. That's right. The same way we are sanctified, i.e. living in victory, mm -hmm. is the same way we're saved. We're, we're saved by grace through faith. See, now, I would counsel someone differently than I think just my understanding through the years of the gospel, I feel like has become clearer and clearer. So if, if someone came to me and said... Uh, Pastor, I'm struggling with, you can fill in a thousand different things. I've heard so many people say, okay, okay, you, you're struggling with this. You're not, you don't have the victory. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to fast three days. I want, you need to read your Bible more. Hey, you need an accountability partner. You need to go to church. Oh, you need to attend more meetings. And they would list about 20 things that they need to do again. Now, 
Is reading your Bible good? Yes. Is going to, you know, getting with believers good? Yes. All those things are good. Fasting, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But that's really not the core of the victory. The core of the victory if, is through faith. It's from faith to faith. If someone has a sin problem, I would tell them, you need to get on your knees and you need to call unto the Lord because whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. The same way he saved you from your sins, he'll save you from that bondage. He'll save mm -hmm. you from alcohol. He'll save you from pornography. He'll save you from lying. That's right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you will call on God by faith, it's faith in him that releases the power of the grace of God. And you say, well, I did that. Do it again mm -hmm. and do it again. And do it again and keep looking unto him, the author yes. and the finisher of our faith. I can yes. tell you in my life, through the years, as I've trusted God, I've watched things that I used to struggle with. I don't even struggle with them anymore. And the reason is he's imparted his grace yes. and given me the victory. Yeah. We have to trust God. Yeah. You know, when, when Peter said, Jesus saved me, he was thinking in, in the, the, the Sea of Galilee in the storm. He was walking, then he, he, he didn't. Jesus didn't reach out his hand and go, okay, now climb up. No, Jesus pulled him up. Mm -hmm. And Jesus can pull any child of God, That's no matter right. what struggle mm -hmm. they're having, doubt or fear mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, a thousand different issues. Trust in God. Faith in God releases the miracle. And every mountain has to move. But faith That's can right. move the mountain. But it's faith. It's not my effort. It's not my self-effort. But it's faith. Yeah. That does the does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Faith does it. Yeah. It's righteousness is by faith. It's not by self effort or self works. It's it's righteousness that comes when we have faith in God. Real righteousness comes by faith. Mm -hmm. Where where that righteousness is imparted into our hearts and we can truly live for God. We can live for God, can't we? Yeah, we can. Definitely. There's no there's there's and there's a hope in that. There's no one hopeless. Think about that. There's no one, no matter what the sin is, no matter how long they've been there, no matter how they got there, Jesus is the Redeemer. His name should be called Jesus, and he will save his people from their yes. sins. Yes. Nothing can hold us back because nothing's too hard for God. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's right. Absolutely right. I want to preach right now. Yeah, go ahead. You got two listening right now. You got a whole Amen. bunch of people. Amen. I'm about to give an altar call. <laughs> Amen. I know Tim would answer, right? Yeah, Josh may answer it. I don't know. Yeah, they walk on down. But yeah, man. there's victory. I just feel that for our people tonight. You know, I think that we, we give in too easy. We, you know, that something is, you know, struggling in our lives, and then we just accept it. And we just go, well, the devil says, you're never going to get over that. And we just kind of wave the white flag. Yeah. Listen, throw that white flag down. Pull yeah. up that bloodstained banner, you know, right. yeah. and, and we can have the victory through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Savior. And I think there's so many Christians, and it breaks my heart, that they're, they're really trying, and they want to, but they don't mm -hmm. realize. It, it, I would say it this way. I'm, I'm probably not explaining it right, but if we had the power to save us and to sanctify us, why would we need Jesus? Mm -hmm. Why would we need the power of God? Why would we need the Holy Spirit? That's right. Our total dependence is on Jesus for salvation and for sanctification. Yes. So I would say it this way. Let's say someone has a trouble with gossip or trouble with their tongue. You know, uh, I would tell that person to get on your knees. Cry out to the Lord on your face before God. 
repent of that sin. Tell God, I'm sorry for this. I don't want to do this anymore. Give me the grace to have healthy speech and speech that speech that builds up. And what you have have is when you trust God and call out to the God, God that way, you'll find that God's grace through the Holy Spirit will completely transform your life. True. Yeah. Yes. So True. this I guess I was, the same the same salvation that saves us is the same salvation that gives us victory. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a twice. I mean, it's yeah. not a different kind of deal. Like here, I'm saved over here, and I'm going to do something different over here. No, Jesus is the only Savior, and He will save from all sin and all bondage. You got a word there. You got a verse there. I was thinking of um, it's in Second Peter, one four. Is it one four? One three and four. Yep. Second Peter one three and four. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite Second Peter verses. Peter 1 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm keep reading. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith yeah. with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, with knowledge, self control, self control, with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Um, mm, that's good. But it's uh, you know he's granted to us all, all things. things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Mm-hmm. We need to know him. Yeah, and notice you know? this. Escape the corruption that is in the world through evil mm-hmm. desire. We've escaped those things. Yes. But we only escape them through the divine power. That's, That's right. right. Not the self-effort that I'm going to you know, keep the you know, 60 rules and you know, this and that. And then there's, there's wonderful Christian disciplines that are you know, praying and fasting and meditation on the Word. Those are all good things. Uh, and the, the old method is called uh, the means of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, communion is wonderful, but communion doesn't save me. That's right. But so, so what I'm saying is these things are wonderful um, means of grace. I guess I'll use the old method. It's means of grace, but, but, but only the divine power in our faith in Jesus will save us and deliver us and keep us. Yeah. And, you know, Peter, when he was sinking after he had already walked on the water, uh, he started sinking after he took his eyes off of Jesus. Mm, That's right. That's good. And, you know, if he would have kept his eyes on Jesus, they probably would have run that lake. You know, you think about it. That's an assumption, but, you know. Do a lap or two. Yeah, couldn't you just see him running across the sea and just. That's exactly what I'm saying, Jason. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. You know, Romans 117 says, faith from first to last. Let's just keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Let's keep our eyes. When doubts come, just look to Jesus. There's victory in that. If Satan tempts us, just look to Jesus. You know, if Satan comes and tempts us and you answer the door, let Jesus answer the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if he comes knocking, just hey, say, Jesus, please answer that door. Jesus reminded Satan of the word Amen. when he was in his temptations. When That's you, good. When you are in those places of doubt or unbelief, bring that word up to him. Amen. Say, hey, this is what the word says. This yeah. is the truth, not what you say. That's yes. right. Right? Yes. That's, That's good. good. Yeah. Here's what I would say to our people tonight. You can live for God. That's right. Amen. You can live for God. You can be everything Jesus has called you to be. I've seen God change lives of people. I've seen God deliver drug addicts. We have a, a dear friend, so he may be watching now, but he 
He's in South Florida now. He's retired. And he used to come to our church in Pennsylvania, stoned on cocaine. He was a drug addict. And we, God began to supernaturally work in his life, completely delivered him, filled him with the Spirit, became a powerful. We used to have 5 o'clock prayer meetings every single morning. And those prayer meetings, he'll tell you, those prayer meetings changed, absolutely changed his life. And uh, so he, and then and later on, he, he served in ministry in uh, like a teen challenge type uh-huh. situation for 20 years. And he's just retired recently. So wow. the gospel can set people free. Absolutely. And that's why we're building the church because yeah, right. there are thousands just like him. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. thank you, Jesus. That makes me happy. All right, we better get, we better get on here. <laughs> So uh, that, see, I like those kind of questions because they go into ministry time. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, these other questions are good; they're knowledge stuff. But um, so, uh, but I'm I'm not going to spend too long on on these here. The second question, I think the second and third question, they kind of go together, Josh. So you put the here's the, here's the third question. I guess it says, "What was the purpose of Jacob sending livestock ahead of his brother Esau?" Uh, you know, I'll make a comment on this, and, and uh, just uh, you guys can, you brothers can uh, can comment as you as you wish. Um, the question I have is a little has a little more than that. We just paraphrased it in that question. It says, um, when Jacob sent the livestock ahead, was he doing it because he was scared, or was it because really? And and the person submitting the question uh, quoted uh, wrote Proverbs six thirty and thirty one, which basically says. If someone steals something, they have to pay sevenfold. And so I, I would just comment and say uh, a couple of things. One is, yeah, I think I think Jacob was terrified because mm-hmm. the last thing that Esau had said when mom and dad die, I'm gonna kill me some Jacob. You know, I'm Jacob. I'm gonna take Jacob out. That's what the you know the story indicates in Genesis. And so I think, yeah, I think Jacob was terrified. He thought his brother was going to destroy him. And I can imagine his mind was, you know, running. Uh, so I think what he was actually doing, he was trying to pacify him. He was trying to to soften the meeting in a sense. But I also wrote this down in my notes here. This may be a little bit of that scheming nature coming out again, trying That's to right. control That's, the situation. That's it. And the and the, I guess the ministry point here is that old part of us dies very hard. I mean, we can be saved, and we can be saved in the ministry. We can be saved and be a preacher. We can be saved and be a deacon. And then all of a sudden, we're serving the Lord a while, and then all of a sudden, that old Joe comes out, or that old Jason comes out, or that old Bob comes out. And, and I think we see a little bit. And this is the prince of God, or he's going to be. Uh, this is a man, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's mentioned among the greatest people in the world, the greatest men to ever live, the, the covenant men. And yet... Here he is still trying to, to scheme, still trying to work the angles, you know, in the flesh, in the natural. I, th- I think there's a little lesson here for that. What do, what do you guys see here? What do you gentlemen see here? I think you hit the nail on the head. The old Jacob comes out. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes in our lives we don't mean it to be, mm. but the old self comes out. You know, yeah. we know that, God, this is what your word says, but I- I'm going to help you. You know, just in case you have other thoughts, this is the way it should be done, so I'm going to help you. Yeah. And we take matters to our own hands. I kind of see God said, go ahead. When you get tired of running, playing around, come back and I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And so he allows us, you know, That's to, good. I believe God allows us to do our own thing to see how stupid we are 
in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Lord, I'm so sorry after we get beat up. Should on, have you know? trusted you all the time. That's right. Yeah. And and what I love about God is, I'm sure we've all experienced this. We've had that time in our life that we know who God is. Mm-hmm. And we know we need to keep hands off. But our hands going to get into the pie because we want to help a little. Yeah. You know, just Abraham did that. Thought he was helping God. He messed everything up. And till today, we still got problems with... In the Middle East, no, well, that's, you know, we prayed for Israel. But in the Middle East, you got all that issue right there. That comes from Abraham's exactly. trying to help God. Yes. And that's what happens. We mess everything up, you know. Yeah. But I, I kind of sense that uh, we all have that in our lives. Some We don't mean to. Yes. But it does happen, and we lean upon our own strength, and we wrestle with that. And yes. a little bit later, yeah, we know Jacob wrestled. Well, that's actually, we'll just go, that's a good segue into that. Uh, the next question, it goes with this. Uh, it says, why in the world was Jacob wrestling with God? No one could win against God, right? So, so let me, maybe I didn't explain this because, you know, sometimes we assume everyone knows the Bible. This story of Jacob with the flocks is, you know, 20 years later, when Jacob is coming back to his homeland, he, he his brothers coming to meet him, and yes. he sends these different, you know, seven different kind of uh, uh, little separated flocks, and yes. they're, they're going to yeah. come to Jacob. I mean, come to Esau, you know, and he's going to go, "What's this?" And you know, he said, "This is a gift to you, brother." <laughs> but here's here's the question that relates really uh, to this wrestling match: Why in the world would Jacob wrestle? This is Genesis thirty-two. And basically, you know, this is a very strange story. I don't know if y'all want to hit it, you know, talk about this, or you got any thoughts about this wrestling match and what it says here. Well, my son is over there, and he knows his daddy doesn't like to lose. (laughs) And so when the kids were growing up, you know, I I love ping pong, so we'd play with them. They were getting pretty good. So I'd let them get to the point where they were just two points away from beating daddy, you know. And then I'd come in. And, you know, my wife would always say, you, why do you do that to the kids? I don't want to <laughs> lose to these kids. But anyway, you come back, you know, just playing with them. Yeah. And and again, sometimes it's like a fisherman going out there and fishing. He'll cast his line and fish will hit his line and start running. The fisherman will let him run with the line for a while. Yeah. So I slowly reeling him in, you know, but you know, till he gets tired and then realizes, man, I can't win this battle. Same thing with ping pong or wrestling or anything else. Yeah. You know, we we would some dads would let their kids go so far and then, hey, you're not gonna take me down, you know. Yeah, and right. and then of course, several years later, they do take you down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's when you back up. No, I don't want to yeah. wrestle. Somewhere it changes, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, this little wrestling match. And I, I, it's stupid to think that somebody can, Lucifer tried to take yeah. God on, and he couldn't do it. He got yeah. third of the angels. They still couldn't do it. So it's it's a big joke to think that you can beat God. And, and I think God just toyed around with him and just yeah. let him tire a little. And then, of course, for the rest of his life, he paid for it. But he would yes. never forget the wrestling match yeah. and how easy it was for God to take control. I think there's a lesson here, and I think you're exactly right, Pastor Bob, that there's a lesson here about brokenness. The Lord really can't use us until we come to a place of brokenness. Yeah, absolutely. And there was still too much of Jacob in Jacob. That's and the right. Lord changes in the story. Really, if you read the story, it you know we say that Jacob wrestled, but, but read the story. Yeah. Let's read it. It says, when the man saw that he could not... Um, 
I may have to. It's actually before that. Let me look here. Give me a second. Because I want I want to want to pick this up. This is uh, Genesis thirty, thirty-two, and so verse twenty. Let's look here. It says in verse twenty-four. Then Jacob was left alone. Notice it didn't say that Jacob wrestled with him. It said a man wrestled with him. Mm. Now notice that. Now everybody quotes it the opposite way, but notice yes. it says a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now I believe this is probably what's called a theophany. This is probably the Lord Jesus. Yes. Maybe an angel, but we know there's something supernatural going on here. Uh, so what I think is happening here is uh, the question is how can anybody wrestle against God and win? You know, nobody. Well, the fact is you could never. God's an Almighty God. He's an Almighty God. Yeah. But yet here. There is a wrestling match. Why is there a wrestling match? Maybe because we have free moral agency. You know, God will wrestle with us. The Lord will wrestle with us. He will deal with us to yield our will to Him. And sometimes He'll allow painful circumstance, like mm -hmm. when He touched the the socket of His, yes. you know, the hollow of His thigh, and that He He brought Jacob to a place of brokenness, to where that this man was going to leave, the Lord was going to leave. And he was going to face Esau the next day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was going to face Esau. And God brought Jacob to a place of desperation. And any time you see in Scripture where the Lord brings somebody to a place of desperation, a miracle's about to take place, a breakthrough's about to take place. And here, Jacob is brought to an end of himself to where the, the, the man, the angel, the Lord, says, let me go. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. This is where God wanted to bring Jacob, and this is where yeah. God wants to bring us. Yes, He wants to bring us to a place where we're clinging to him alone, saying, Lord, I, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I need you so much. And then the Bible says the, 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 the angel of the Lord, the Lord touched him, touched the harvest eye. Yeah. There was a brokenness, and then there was a limp the rest of his life. And I always think about this. That limp was the evidence of an experience with God. When we, when we meet with God, when there's a supernatural meeting with God, there should be something that characterizes our life for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we say we met God and there's no change in us, there's no evident supernatural change, mm -hmm. have we really met the God of the universe? Have we ever experienced a saving work and a sanctifying work? I mean, when God comes into our lives, you know, it's more than walking down an aisle and mumbling a few words, as even, those, even if they're great words. If no life has been parted, if no salvation has been imparted, all you did is walk down there and repeat mm -hmm. what the preacher said, and you left as lost as you came. Oh, yeah, that's right. But where there is true saving grace, there's going to be a limp. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. going to be an evident supernatural change in your life. Why? Because you've gone from darkness to light. Yeah. And, and Jacob was changed from Jacob, supplanter, deceiver, changed his name to Israel, Israel. a prince right. with God. Yeah. And so I, that's what I see. I see that, of course, there's some typology of New Testament yeah. truth in this. And so does that, does that sound right? Does that look right? Yeah. Let yeah. me just throw a left field thought out. Jacob, he could have walked away healthy. Yes. You know, he could have walked away from there and just say, hey, I'm not going to deal with this, you know. And he wouldn't have a limp for the rest of his life. I sense that limp reminded him mm -hmm. of 
who God is and what God had in store and what God was doing for him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that to say that so many believers, when they come to the Lord or prior to coming to the Lord, they have some problems. And when they start getting close to God, God touches and he heals. I have a, a, he's gone home to be with the Lord. There was a fellow in our church. He was a professional boxer sometime in his younger days. And he asked me a question one day, and he said, Pastor, before coming to the Lord, I I was a drunk, I was a womanizer, uh, smoked a lot, I had a filthy mouth. You know what? Since I've come to the Lord, I don't drink anymore. I am no longer a womanizer. Mm. Uh, What was the other thing? Um, Mouth, filthy mouth. Yeah, he said, I could put a sailor to shame. But, Pastor, I can't get rid of this pack of cigarettes. Hmm. You know, what's happening? You know, and I tried to go all the way back from the very beginning. Yes. Doubt. Satan was trying to bring doubt to him, make him yes. think, you're not really a Christian. Look at you. You're still smoking around. So he was trying to tell me that uh, at work, he, he was testifying and witnessing to people, people. And many of them knew him because he was once a professional boxer. And so, um, and he, as, as he's witnessing, they said, yeah, come on, Abel. Look at what's in your pocket. You yeah. can't tell me about God, you know. Mm. So he's feeling really down and bad about that. And so anyway, we prayed about that. And I'm just saying all that. that He carried that around with him for a while. And then God delivered him. Praise God. But yeah. the point being made is that he had a, a little crutch, you might say, as a, he, a limp, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. it was hindering. But he could not forget what God had done for him. Praise so he God. kept on going and kept on going. God, you did this for me. God, you did that for me. He brought my wife and I back together again. Brought me and the kids back together again. God, you can do it. You can do it. Kept on going. Yes. Even though he had that limp. But God delivered him. Praise God. Amen. That's beautiful. Well, I think in this in this story here, it's a very unique story. And um, I see the principle of life out of death. Mm-hmm. You know, there was life, there was victory for him over Esau and all those things out of, out of a sense of death. And, and, and in the cross, in Jesus' death, there's life. That's right. Yeah. You know, unless a corn of wheat fall to the ground and, you know, and die, it, you know, it bides alone, etc. So there's life out of death. You know, if we, if we take up our cross, you know, etc., we find life. If you embrace the world, you find death in a, in a sense yeah. there. So. Well, let's move on. Let's move on from here. Uh, we're certainly not going to get to all these questions. <laughs> we used almost all of our time already. I may pick through these, and uh, some of these are just speculative questions, which are, are, are wonderful Bible knowledge, but they don't minister quite as well as others. Um, all right, which one shall I pick? All right, I want to go to this one in Galatians three fourteen. Now there is there is one, uh, and we can get to these at another time. You know, there's one about what Jesus wrote in the sand, which is a great question. I think there can be a, a logical answer. We not exactly know, but we can kind of speculate. There's uh, one on parenting, which we probably a whole time on that, uh, on the parenting today. Uh, there's one on the, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, etc. Uh, but I want to go to this one in Galatians three fourteen. Uh, the question is in Galatians three fourteen, where it says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Is this promise of Abraham talking about salvation, 
or the baptism in the Holy Spirit as well. Jason, you want to read read that? I think you're reading out of the ESV. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to back up to uh, 13. It says, uh, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Okay, very nice. So the question, really, the core of the question is, this promise of the spirit through faith, is this speaking about salvation, just about salvation, or the baptism in the Holy Spirit as well? You want me to go for it? Go ahead. Okay, go for all right, it. I'm going to go, go for, for it. it. All right, I think, uh, in fact, I I've, I've did a little work on this today. And uh, one, of, one of the things that you see here, this promise of the Spirit through faith, I think, here's what I think we do. I think we narrow things. We read something in Scripture and we narrow it down. And it's much broader. It's much broader than, than that. Um, here's, here's a note from the, from the Fire Bible. It says, to receive God's Spirit is to have righteousness, verse 11 of this chapter, renewed life, and all the spiritual blessings that come from a right relationship with God. Uh, so in the first part, the content of God's promise to Abraham was defined as the promise of the Spirit. So what I want to deal with at the moment, I want to read something out of this wonderful book here by Dr. Flattery, one of our AG ministers, and he wrote four volumes. This is volume three. And what I want to read a little portion here, I won't read too long, but what I want to deal with here is I think, um, how would I say the age that we're in is an age of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Everything that God does in us, He will do through the Holy Spirit. Uh, salvation is a spiritual birth. I mean, it's a spirit birth. The Holy Spirit gives us birth. You must, you know, born of water and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Born again is a spiritual birth. We're born of the Spirit of God. Uh, what does Romans say? If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, it does not belong to him. But this also has to do with the sealing of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians 1, where he talks about, you know, after you believed, you received, you know, the seal, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but this connects with that. And so I want to read about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. And the question is, when are we sealed? When are we sealed? And uh, this is relevant to this question, so I'm going to read this right here. Um, You know, this this whole part here about, this talks about the sealing in in the sealing of the Spirit, uh, and it relates to the promise of Abraham of the Spirit, same thing. Uh, this, this reference is few, a few places, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22, Ephesians 1, 13, 14, and 2 Corinthians 5, 5. And it deals with, you know, who is the sealer, you know, who or what is the seal, you know, what's the purpose of the, of the sealing of the Spirit. But then it comes to this part, when does the sealing take place? And there's something in this other part here that I want to read because I think it's, I think it's spot on. I just read just a little bit. Who, when is the sealing? So it says, in the case of the anointing, I'm quoting, I'm reading. In the as in the case of the anointing, opinions opinion divides between sealing being coincidental with uh, coincidental with regeneration or at some subsequent moment. So basically, the gentleman's saying this that. This sealing or the promise of the Spirit, does it happen at the moment of salvation 
or is it a subsequent work? Now, I believe that the Spirit of God comes to indwell us at salvation because we couldn't be saved without that. But I absolutely not only see it in the Scripture and believe it is clearly taught in the Scripture, I've experienced it in my life and seen, known hundreds and hundreds of people that have also experienced the same thing. So I do think it's subsequent. But here it says, here Paul mentions two things that take place before the sealing. And he says, first, people listen to the gospel message. And he's referring to the Ephesians passage. Second, as they listen, the word begins to take root. Their listening culminates in faith in Christ. Then Paul says, having believed, you were sealed in him. Now, he goes into some pretty deep subject. The, the verb tense in Ephesians 1.13 are very important. The verbal form of having believed is an oris participle. I won't get into all that. Uh, is, is a pa passive oris verb. He says the, the, uh, the usual force of the oris participle places the action antecedent to the main verb. Robertson holds that the action of the oris participle can be antecedent to the main verb or simultaneous with it. So he said, he says, Robertson, which was a Baptist, by the way, Southern Baptist, I think, or some kind of Baptist, he says, and I guess he got that from Robertson's word studies, you've stated that, he is saying the construction of this Greek is that it could be both. This, this being sealed could happen at the moment of salvation or it could be subsequent. So both. So read on. Thus, the basis of the grammar alone, having believed, can be either simultaneous or, or subsequent, basically. So he goes down here, and here's, here's what I want you to see. I'll move on down. He said, we can say that we are sealed. We can say that we are sealed with the Spirit when we came to faith, and, and, that, and that in an ongoing way, the presence and works of the Spirit in our lives further demonstrate that we are sealed. Now, I think that's spot on. He's saying that, the, let's say it this way, the promise of the Spirit to Abraham or the sealing of the Spirit of God is something that he says here is, happens when we have faith, but the ongoing work demonstrates that we're, that we're sealed. So it's a work that happens at a moment, but it continues to happen. The term sealed is commonly used in either way. Uh, even so, as far as the grammar is concerned, I love this right here. This is what I wanted to get to. We can say that we, that we were sealed, we are repeatedly and continually sealed, and then we will be sealed. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and, and I'm, I'm kind of dealing more with Ephesians 1.13 than this, but it, but it both, go, both goes together. So it really is talking about the ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. So... This sealing is not a one-time thing. We are sealed, but we're being sealed, and we will be sealed. Mm -hmm. It's this, you know, the moment we're saved, you know, I guess we'd say it this way. This promise of the Spirit. To answer your question, to whoever wrote this, it was anonymous. Yes, this promise of the Spirit through faith is both salvation and the baptism in the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and, and every other ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's all the, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So, the first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is when we were lost and He began to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. He began to show us our need of Christ. He began to show us that Christ was the answer because the Holy Spirit always exalts Christ in His work. 
And so when we yielded and we believed, the Holy Spirit saved us and came to live in us in his saving work. And then like me, uh, a few months later, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I was sealed, but I was being sealed, Mm -hmm. and I will be sealed. I think that's the construction of that verse. And I think to see that verse as a one and done is, is to miss it. Because let me let me show you this here. This in uh, this is Luke chapter eleven, I think it is. In Luke chapter eleven, I was reading after a Greek scholar of, of uh, and I can't even think who it was, but I remember what he said, and I'll quote what he said. But here in Ephesians or in uh, Luke chapter eleven, you know he's he's talking here about asking, seeking, knocking, mm. you know, and all this, and then he says. You know, basically, he's, he's bringing some logical thoughts out. You know, if, if a son asks for bread, he's not going to give him a stone, or etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ask a fish, he's not going to give him a serpent. So, but then he comes down here, verse thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I was reading after a Greek scholar, and the Greek scholar I don't think was Pentecostal at all, and didn't believe near like we believe, but but he was honest and he was true to the greek text and he said there in that that's not probably not referring to the acts 2 where they were initially baptized in the holy spirit but what that is referring to as we ask the father he gives us further manifestations of the power and the presence of god i think here in in galatians 6:14 what we're dealing with is the promise of the spirit through faith is about salvation and it's about all the works of the Spirit of God. It's about we're in the age of the Spirit. And so I think it's both. I think it's salvation and the baptism and the gifts and the ministries and everything that we have in the promise of Abraham, which is the Spirit by faith. Salvation. An, on, an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. An ongoing work. You know, one of the uh, tenets of faith that we have uh, speaks of sanctification and some people simply believe once you're saved, you're sanctified, that's it. You can't get any better. But we know that there's a progression here. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are saved, you are sanctified, you are set apart. But now there's a progression as you continue your growth. As a, yes. Going right back to you, you touched on several things. Uh, John 16, uh, referring to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, how yes. he convinces us. So he, hey, that's that's. You know, that's not, you shouldn't be doing it. Remember what the word, oh, yeah. so there's that progression as you get not more sanctified, you know, but there, you are already sanctified, but it's a growth. Yes. You, we mature. We mature in the Lord yeah. through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, you know, even even in, uh, uh, it says you're sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. This is where the Spirit of God is taking us to right. eternity. Right. He's taking us to the throne of God. He's taking us to... He, we're sealed unto the day of redemption. This is the purpose Absolutely, of God. Yes. Seek those things which are above. Yes. When He will appear. Yeah. This is what the Spirit of God is doing. So to me, the sealing is not just a one and done. No. It's you're sealed, yes, but you're being sealed and you will be sealed. Mm-hmm. There's the verse that uh, several, probably a couple of months ago now, we brought up in prayer. That we were talking about this. It says, He has forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Mm-hmm. In that verse, so it implies the progression. You know, we've been made perfect through Jesus yes. in the Father's eyes, but we are in a process of being made holy 
along the way. So to me, that gives me a grace that I don't have to be so critical of myself if I make a mistake because I'm in a process of being made holy. If I understand and I'm pushing towards uh, getting things right in my life and and, uh, pushing towards a... Uh, just a holiness before God, I can understand that I'm I'm in a process of being made holy uh, along the way. You are holy, but you are being made, being made <laughs> holy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure people have asked you the same question, Pastor. Can I get more saved ten years from now? I mean, hmm. that's we know that's a ridiculous question, but yeah. you cannot get more saved than you are the day that you receive the Lord. You're saved, you yeah. know. Just you can't be more justified no. than justified. When no, you're right. declared righteous. You are a child of God. Yes. But there's this ongoing sanctifying ongoing, yes. work, which is a wonderful yeah. work. Yeah. Yes. Walking absolutely. with the Father. Well, what I would say about this, and, and uh, we're about done here. I mean, we, we, we dealt with the practical, more practical question, which I like better. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't get to the, what did Jesus write in the sand? And uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to, why did people live so long in the Old Testament? I know you had that one I down, the, didn't you? I know you? the answer to what he wrote in the sand. What, yeah. It was a picture of Satan falling from heaven. Yeah. yeah. Doing. Hey, you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and why did they live so long? And, uh, and uh, so there's, there's some great questions here, and we'll, we'll answer that. What I'd like to do, I think the one about parenting and discipline in a biblical way, I think that's a whole, a whole program. I really do. I think that that's something we didn't get into, though it is probably, it may be one of the most important ones, but I think that's a whole program right there. We need to deal with parenting. and, and that's, so, a good one. that's a good one. That's a good one. Here's what I would say as we conclude this time, you know, we're, we're talking about this ceiling and about, you know, is this promise of Abraham, the Spirit, is it salvation or sanctification? You know, I, and as a personal testimony, if I had just believed that the work of, the Spirit was just salvation, and I had never gone on, see, to, to the, the fullness of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and the baptism with the gift of tongues that the Lord has given me that I've used for 35 years or more every day just about, I guess, that has been a, a wonderful blessing to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that, that I was, see, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and I was never taught, you know, this. I would never even heard of this, actually. And, but I was taught Later, as I came into the church I was born again in, and I'm so grateful that I didn't believe that the ceiling was just one time, one and done, but there was ongoing work. There was mm-hmm. more the Holy Spirit wants to do. And, mm-hmm. and here we are all these years later, and I'm saying the Holy Spirit wants to do more in me and more in you and more in us as a congregation. Let's let the Holy Spirit have our congregation. Yeah. Let's let Him have this building project. Let's let Him have it. Let's let the Spirit of God have His way because it's not by might or power, but it's by my Spirit, yes. says the Lord. Right. I don't have the smarts or the power or the anything else to be able to do it, but God has given us His mm-hmm. power and supplied us with the Spirit. Yes, He is. And so I think that would be a great way to conclude. And Brother Bob, I would ask you, would you pray? Pray, just pray for the supply of the Spirit for us. All right. And and ask God to just conclude us tonight with His blessing. Heavenly Father, as always, it has been a joy just sitting and sharing and talking. And Lord, our talk has not been on worldly things, but on you. And Lord, we love you so much. We're so very thankful. Can never stop thanking you for your mercy, your grace, and your loving kindness. Lord, even sometimes when we get out of step, you're still there, Lord. 
leading and guiding, directing us. Lord, we're thankful for the wonderful questions which have been uh, brought forth this this evening. And Lord, we're thankful for the time to just sh- sit and share and, and express, Lord, through the witnessing of your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we pray as we prepare to return to our dwelling places. May the Spirit of the living God continue to speak to us, Lord, even though we may not be at this round table, but, Lord, we'll be at table with you, Lord, in our cars, in our rooms, wherever we might be. May the blessings of God rest upon your people. May you guard, guide, and keep us until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen Amen. and amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you joining us tonight. And maybe we'll have another night where we'll get to some other other questions. Thank you, Trinity Life family. See you first thing Sunday morning at at, uh, 1030. Look forward to a great time of worship there. I love you. God bless you this evening as you go.